1: Hey, welcome, folks. Uh, This is America's Heroes Group Roundtable with partner Chicago Regional Office, Veteran Benefits Administration. November, you know, is Military Family Appreciation and Alzheimer's Disease Awareness Month. Today is Saturday, November the 12th, 2022. And this is Veterans Day weekend. Our host is Cliff Kelly. I'm your co-host, Attorney Ernesto Borges of the law firm of Borges and Wu, otherwise known as Bill Busters. Our executive producer is Glenda Smith. Our digital media producer is Ivan Ortega of Scouts Honor Productions. And we've got some panelists on today, and they are or less we've got Kevin Hall who's on, and he is a Persian Gulf War in Operation Iraqi Freedom U.S. Navy medic veteran and Chicago Regional Office homeless veterans and justice-involved outreach coordinator. So he's got a few titles there, and we are going to be talking to him. Are you on the um, line here, Kevin?
0: Yes, I am, sir. Okay,
1: uh, good afternoon, Kevin, how are you? Good afternoon,
0: good. hello, and good. thank you very much for having Great. me on your thank radio you. show thank today. Thank you for
1: coming, uh, Kevin, and thank you for being a guest. Uh, we want to discuss some of these things, benefits for homeless yeah. and justice-involved veterans. So I'm a veteran, I'm a Vietnam veteran, and I'd like to know what's out there for some of these homeless veterans and justice-involved. Can you tell us a little bit about that? And tell us about you know, VA justice-involved veterans outreach programs that you've got, and what is your role uh, to support these incarcerated and justice-involved veterans?
0: Well, thank you very much, as uh-huh. I was saying, for having me on the show today. Sure. It really, truly is an honor to participate, and I'd I'd like to first, just like you, to begin by expressing my gratitude and extending a warm Veterans Day wishes to all of you out there who served our great nation. Um, So you you mentioned about justice involved uh, in uh, veterans, and that's a very important topic right now. The topic Mm -hmm. of incarcerated veterans, it's really, it's timely, but it's not one that often sees a lot of discussion. Mm -hmm. Um, As a reference point, more than 180,000 of those incarcerated, of those who are incarcerated in the U.S. today are men and women who served in our United States military, and nearly five of them here in, in Illinois, five thousand. Approximately two-thirds of those incarcerated veterans served in combat, and over half of them struggled deeply with issues like PTSD, depression, traumatic brain injury, or substance use. And so, why it's important for us to conduct veteran justice. And healthcare reentry veterans programs is for us to be able to regularly go out and engage with this veteran population mm-hmm. through outreach by going into the jails, the state and federal prisons, sure. you know, to facilitate access to services at the earliest possible point. Yeah. Um, so, you know, w- are you w-
1: here in the uh, Chicagoland area? You're the Chicago Regional Homeless um, uh, Office, right? So you go over to yes, Cook County right. Jail and some of the uh, prisons?
0: So I go into some of the state and federal prisons as mm-hmm. well as the Cook County Jail mm-hmm. and, and the treatment courts as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our main focus with that is, is um, like when, when I go in there, you know, we're um, – we're trying to, like I provide presentations, information, Mm -hmm. uh, benefits, I answer questions and just try to listen to what's important to them. Mm -hmm. Um, But even more importantly, um, we know that following release from incarceration, these veterans often feel lost and they're at increased risk of homelessness, extended unemployment, Mm -hmm. even suicide. And that's mm. why it's vital for us to help them with as smooth a transition as possible by reconnecting veterans to VA care and benefits to which, you know, they may in, in, be immediately entitled to upon release from incarceration.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, do, you, and so, do you
1: find that uh, they have, uh, the veterans have combat veterans compared to non-combat veterans? Is there any difference uh, when, when you visit it seemed, it does it seem as if the combat veterans are more affected than non-combat veterans? Or...
0: You know, it's interesting you said that mm-hmm. um, because I do notice a difference. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it has to do um, with, I would say, um, the stigma involved with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, for example, one time I just to share a brief story. Um, I went into... Uh, a prison recently, and mm-hmm. they announced me as a VA employee. And this was a combat veteran who, like, immediately burst into tears. Mm-hmm. And when I sat and asked him what was on his mind, mm-hmm. you know, he said the biggest internal burden with being in prison for him was mm-hmm. that he just felt a deep sense of disappointment in letting down his country mm-hmm. and no longer feeling worthy of being called a veteran or receiving uh, assistance or care from VA. And that, Mm -hmm. you know, I just had a strong sense in that moment. He was Mm -hmm. not the only combat veteran, not the Mm -hmm. only veteran. So it was Mm -hmm. important for me to remind him in that moment and and just share, you know, hey, things may not have gone exactly as planned. You probably didn't envision yourself incarcerated, you know, but... Um, on behalf of a grateful nation, you need to know, and every veteran out there needs to know if they're listening, that you are and always will be a worthy veteran, Absolutely. deserving of every VA and, and, and other benefit that you're entitled to. You know, a lot right. of these veterans served honorably, and they're entitled to anything sure. that can help them gain independence and stability when returning to the community.
1: Right. Now, now what is the impact on a veteran's uh, disability benefits when they're incarcerated? Uh, What I mean, how you you know, I go to Jesse Brown. Other people go to Jesse Brown, but if I were incarcerated, I'm not going to get Jesse Brown treatment. How does um, or if they get disability benefits, uh, I get disability benefits. Is a veteran still entitled to disability if he's incarcerated?
0: You know, that's really a great question and Mm -hmm. one of the least understood out there, so I'm glad you asked that. Incarceration uniquely affects the veteran population because you're absolutely right. Their VA benefits are impacted. They can be interrupted or they can be uh, suspended. That's why it's extremely important that a veteran or his, his or her family notify VA of incarceration as soon as possible to avoid potential mm-hmm. overpayments. In fact, if you don't mind, I'd just like to just sure. very briefly touch over that because I think it's important. Sure. Um, the type of conviction and benefits of veterans receiving makes a difference. For example, service-connected compensation, mm-hmm. which is paid for benefits related to service mm-hmm. and goes from 10 to 100%, mm-hmm. um, and also veterans' pension benefits are, mm-hmm. are completely reacted differently. For what I mean by that, it affected differently. A misdemeanor conviction, there's good news. Veterans are entitled to maintain their full service-connected monetary benefits while incarcerated, no reduction. Mm-hmm. But for a, for a felony conviction, not the same. After 60 days of incarceration, following a felony conviction, that veteran's disability, Uh, income is going to drop from 20% or greater all the way down to 10%. And so that can have a huge, huge financial impact. Um, And even for pension, it's even more so in that because that was a needs-based benefit, if a veteran um, is receiving VA pension and then they're incarcerated, whether it be for a misdemeanor or a felony conviction Mm – Starting on day 61 of incarceration, mm-hmm. following conviction, VA must stop paying those benefits to a veteran. Well, so it's really important yeah. to understand this sure. and be able to notify VA as soon as possible when you're going to be incarcerated.
1: Uh, but let me ask you this. Is there a difference between a person in a county jail is full of people who have not been tried? They're just being held, you know, with a bond they couldn't pay or whatever, but they haven't been convicted as yet although they are incarcerated. And let's say you have a veteran who's in county jail who's not been convicted, but he is incarcerated. Is he entitled to any really,
0: benefits? Really important uh, mm-hmm. uh, separation that you did there, because when calculating days of incarceration, it was going to impact upon VA benefits. Mm-hmm. VA uses the full first full day of imprisonment following a conviction. Following does a conviction. not count any okay. of those days, Spent in confinement while awaiting trial. Even if they're uh, counted towards um, your overall time later on, VA does not calculate that in a veteran, whether in jail or prison, if they're awaiting Mm -hmm. a decision. They are. Still
1: entitled and eligible,
0: right. Still entitled to all benefits because okay. the decision hasn't been made and we want to give them every mm-hmm. chance to get the benefits they've okay. earned through their service. All
1: right. Now, can a, a dependent family member file a claim for additional financial uh, support while a veteran is incarcerated? You said that, you know, yeah.
0: hmm. I see this a lot. And mm-hmm. the answer is absolutely. Uh, and this is really critical as well. It's it's. All are part of a a service-connected disability benefit that Mm -hmm. VA pays um, that's no longer able to be paid to the veteran while incarcerated, Mm -hmm. maybe a portion or paid out instead to that veteran's. Spouse, child, or in some cases, parent. Right. In fact, this is often one of the most discussed areas that I am involved with while meeting with mm-hmm. an incarcerated veteran. You know, oftentimes the veterans, the primary wage earner, and upon a felony incarceration, that decrease in his earned wages and also his monetary benefits from VA while in prison can have devastating financial impact on the family. Sure, in fact. For example, I just met recently with an incarcerated veteran that was a, a, a significant wage earner and also had service-connected VA benefits mm-hmm. that had dropped from over 3500 a month down to 150 mm-hmm. Family was struggling. They sure. were at risk of homelessness. They were just unable to make ends meet. But fortunately... I was able to later connect with and assist that veteran's dependent spouse in filing an apportionment. And the family was able to receive that 3000 3, mm, per right, month right. that VA was withholding and get it back to them so oh, they could stay afloat and they could, you know, be stable sure. while the veteran did his his uh, remaining incarceration mm-hmm. period.
1: Yeah, because you said some of it is is dependent, how much, you know, how much uh, dependency the family has and the family is dependent upon the veteran. And they're incarcerated. it's even more uh, reason why they should receive some kinds of uh, benefits. Um, yeah. It, so, so they can take you down. Like I'm a hundred percent disabled vet from, from Vietnam and, um, you know, Agent Orange and, and the old shebang, wow. and Purple Heart, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but can you file? And I went to law school uh, on VA um, benefits here in the state school. Uh, can a veteran file a claim for the disability or education benefits while he's incarcerated.
0: Well, the great news is and it may be surprising uh-huh. to some, but incarcerated veterans can file uh-huh. for both disability and education benefits while um, incarcerated. and I want to just briefly break that down if mm-hmm. we have a moment. Um, you know, a lot of folks think they can't file for a claim while they're incarcerated. They mm-hmm. can, but I will be open that there can be some challenges faced because often, and you know, you you said that you've probably filed a claim. You're 100% veteran. Right. So um, we often have to do an examination at VA in order to evaluate and diagnose that current mm-hmm. level of disability and severity. But although veterans are entitled to an exam by law and mm-hmm. VA must work closely with the prison authorities mm-hmm. you know to see if we can get them in for an exam often that's a real challenge VA is right. trying to see can we go into the prison can we can we escort the veteran out um, but especially since mm-hmm. covid a lot of state and federal laws restrict sure. that movement of sure. access To prisons and so sometimes even though we have a duty to assist the veteran at least when it comes to a claim it's problematic. Um, But but briefly about the education Mm -hmm. that is huge. Veterans often seek to pursue education while incarcerated, but I can't tell you how many Mm -hmm. I've met with in jails and prisons that aren't aware they still can take advantage of VA Mm -hmm. education benefits while in a correctional facility. Mm -hmm. For example, for misdemeanor, Mm -hmm. they get full benefits, including um, everything related to a GI Bill possible. For felony, even with that, if they're still entitled to receive the education benefits, you know, they're otherwise qualified, VA will pay the cost of tuition, fees, books, equipment, and supplies, as long as, like, a state or other federal program mm-hmm. is not already doing so.
1: So what would and they if, do, bring a computer in that person's cell, or they go on online to class, or how, how does that work?
0: So there's typically always a, uh, a veteran coordinator mm-hmm. at each of our incarceration facilities, and what they do is they would usually partner either with VA or, or, or um, like, on the GI Bill or with right. us, to help work through the paperwork mm-hmm. to get that process for veterans. So some of them may be in, in classes, but, you know, they're they're not able to take full education or they might want to go to law school and have the qualifications, but they, they don't realize they can afford to, yeah. they, you know, because the VA can still pay for it. So we partner with them in order to do that, as well as for uh, work release, halfway, mm-hmm. uh, what they call them halfway house programs. When, when they get
1: uh, released and they're, they're still yep. maybe on – a parole, or they're on a halfway um, facility, and they they're allowed to go up, maybe to go school or go to work sometimes.
0: And Absolutely, yeah. um, and we work with them very closely on that. Really, the only exception is for what we might call like a fugitive felon, where someone has an outstanding warrant for the arrest. Maybe mm-hmm. they've been released or we notify of them um sure. for that they need we need to show that that warrant was cleared or quashed otherwise um right. we're just not allowed to to pay any benefits or or even treat them it's you know it's important yeah. that they get that taken care of on the justice involved because yeah, right? you
1: want to go in and quash and suppress a uh, quash that warrant and because if you have an outstanding warrant a bitch warrant what have you um that that's a problem but it's wonderful so when they get out um uh, you know veterans can take care of the uh, take advantage of the veteran VA disability uh, benefits and, and educational benefits. And also the state of Illinois has uh, benefits also for VAs, don't for veterans, don't they also?
0: Absolutely. State? The state uh, of Illinois has has a lot of veterans and they a lot of veteran programs, and they also do outreach. So sometimes right. we partner with the state. When we were talking back to that first question, when you were mentioning about, mm-hmm. you know, how we help them, you're absolutely right, because the large majority of veterans, you know, they're going to get out and they're going to be released. Sure. And so, you know, we want to focus on helping to assist them in planning for successful reintegrations back into the community by by sure. accessing VA and community resources and also state resources. You know, we do pre, pre-release assessments. We help with enrollment into VA care, case management, and we also partner and link with Housing, medical, mental health, and employment opportunities—you know, community uh, mm-hmm. resources—as well as VA when they get out. So when they leave, they don't feel overwhelmed. They don't right. feel like they're going to be homeless and penniless. But we already have a plan focused in place through our outreach to help them to be in a much better spot when they actually do finally, um, you know, complete their time and they're no longer incarcerated.
1: That's wonderful. Now, when someone is incarcerated, and I've visited—I was a criminal defense attorney at one time—and I've been to county jail numerous times and a lot of the penitentiaries including women's penitentiaries now you have someone that visits the the these facilities where people are incarcerated is there a social worker or um how do they get in contact you're incarcerated how do you get in contact with a veteran uh, support person such as yourself
0: so um what happens is is a lot of these places and that's a really good question because it can seem like how is this going to happen um so we routinely do um we, we partner with the jails and the um coordinators at the persistent, per, excuse me the prison facilities so that when we have a veteran who's within like our target population might be mm-hmm. six months to a year of of um being released from incarceration, they're providing us with lists and we're setting up dates and follow on so that um, they 've got our information and we 've got theirs, and we 've sometimes met with them you know one or mm-hmm. more times while, mm-hmm. while they're still incarcerated while they're still incarcerated so we 're not like doing it as they 're knocking on our front door saying right. help you know but we you know we're helping to ensure they have a place to go mm-hmm. and sometimes a job lined up or things like that ahead of time sure. so we're we're working closely and getting the list from um from the um, correctional facility, so that you know, because they have a vested interest, and many of the workers there are are also uh, veterans, and they really want to help support oh, um, just a beneficial and upstanding yeah. um, transition for that. Right, them. right.
1: Some of the jail and prison um, uh, staff are are veterans. Um, that's great. Now many you have treatment courts, um, people who have drug problems, or. Uh, how do these treatment courts play an, an important role in, in role in the support of uh, the justice that veterans get?
0: Sure. And I know you guys have, have, have uh, taken time and spent a lot of uh, uh, time discussing those in the past. So I, I won't go in great detail, but we mm-hmm. spent much of our discussion today discussing, you know, incarceration and the impact of it. The beauty and the benefit of um, these veteran treatment courts is we partner with, um, the legal system. Now,
1: just explain and, treatment courts. What 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 is sure. that exactly? Uh-huh.
0: So, a veteran treatment court is a program where there's an appointed judge, mm-hmm. and there's a team that involves the state's attorney's office. Mm-hmm. There's a social worker from VA. Mm-hmm. There's a benefit person like myself. Um, there's parole officers, and mm-hmm. our primary focus is to identify veterans that have struggles such as uh, mental health or or traumatic brain injury Mm -hmm. or substance or alcohol use or things like that that have brought them into the uh, justice system. But Mm -hmm. rather than uh, focus on incarceration, Mm -hmm. their goal is to avoid incarceration by providing these folks with Mm -hmm. the treatment, the rehabilitation services, the care that they need, so that we can address the mm-hmm. the core issue that you know that combat related veteran sure. who's struggling with PTSD, and we keep them from being incarcerated, but we get them sorely needed benefits. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's often a two year program where mm-hmm. you know they'll have to report to court. You know, two, sometimes three times a month, we've got mm-hmm. training and mm-hmm. education and things that they have to do. It it's not always easy for them, and they'll say that, you know. But we just sure. had a recent graduation at Skokie, uh-huh. and you know, the veteran there talked about how you know he had gone from just a struggling veteran to an individual that you know now is is a mentor. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, he you know people have their degrees, <clears throat> they they recover from it, but more importantly, they get the help that they otherwise didn't even realize mm-hmm. they needed. To curb some of those behaviors yeah. and the recidivism rate is incredibly no, re- low relative to the civilian population. So I could not express just enough um, uh, importance of the veteran treatment court system and the whole justice involved um, scope with. that. So do you really have
1: critical. that <clears throat> that you said there's a, a, a judge who's designated to oversee this program? Is this on a state level? What about in federal court? Is there uh, anyone in federal court to help uh, some of these veterans are, if they're charged with federal offenses?
0: There are federal and state-related mm-hmm. um, treatment courts, and and VA provides um, veteran outreach, out, veteran just reach outreach coordinators that are a part of both of those, and the and the, the primary goal is always the same: is to you know. Treat the conditions that mm-hmm. help contribute to the, um, the problems mm-hmm. and address them so that, that they can, you know, ter- turn their life into productive. Mm-hmm. Um, citizens, just like they were in in the um, in the military, uh, without having to resort to incarceration sure. as the answer to to addressing that.
1: Quick question, Kevin. All right, because I, as I said, I was a criminal defense attorney at one time. So you've got a defendant; he's locked up; he's in a holding um, a cell, or what have you. Does he say, "Look, I'm a veteran." Is there uh, someone out there to help me, or do they tell a public defender that a private attorney? how does how do you know that this person is a veteran who's a, de, a potential defendant or what have you
0: as they're being brought into that system um mm-hmm. with arrest or what have you um mm-hmm. and they're identified as a veteran mm-hmm. they are mm-hmm. screened uh, by those in the prosecutor's office and mm-hmm. um and and that side to identify is this an individual that you know might um be someone that could qualify for our program and i want to make it clear this is mm-hmm. a voluntary program so essentially in return for um for essentially pleading guilty and you, you've gone through a lot of counseling as to the pros mm-hmm. and cons of this ahead of time but essentially for pleading guilty up front and agreeing to go through the the process of the courts in the end th- a, a huge benefit, in addition to everything else we talked about is these charges can be expunged mm. so they they not only turn their life around but they don 't have a criminal record. Mm-hmm. Um, trailing behind them on, you know, what they were brought into the veterans treatment court course. So it's really a win-win on yeah, every level. Sure. And it's identified right at the start when either we see, you know, the system mm-hmm. shows them as a veteran or they self-identify one mm-hmm. and then agree to the program and the courts also have to agree to it. You know, sure, um, sure. there are some limitations, some sex offenders and sure. violent crimes and things like that. But yeah. in general, um, that, you know, that's kind of how it works. Okay,
1: so I know for misdemeanors that it might not be a problem, but uh, for some of the felonies, especially the violent uh, felony offenses, uh, you're probably not going to get that expunged. But yeah, but they can defer certain things. And and that's that's a great program that you've got. And I just hope that everyone is aware of it. And as you said, uh, they need to identify themselves. And do they need they need an honorable discharge or something less than a dishonorable discharge, I would imagine, to be able to take advantage
0: not even no. the case with that, necessarily, no? because okay. we also partner with <clears throat> groups, civilian organizations like Task and others, mm-hmm. that if they're not currently due to either, um, you know, their character of discharge, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, dishonorable or sometimes another than honorable or bad mm-hmm. conduct, uh, we still have um, civilian uh, counselors and uh, legal representatives that um, are there. To provide the case management and the counseling and the treatment and things like that. So mm-hmm. e- I would say even the character of discharge is right. something that if, some, if a veteran were encouraged to do, um, you know, the treatment court, that uh, don't look past that. That's right. not necessarily going to be a barrier to um, being a part of the program.
1: Well, that's that's good to hear because a lot of a lot of guys. I mean, I've seen guys who just couldn't couldn't hang, couldn't handle it, couldn't handle basic training or AIT or whatever, and uh, got a bad conduct discharge or uh, sometimes a medical discharge, what have you, uh, something less than a, than a good uh, conduct discharge. But that's wonderful what you're doing, and I um, I want to. Uh, salute you for what you're doing there, uh, Kevin, who is uh, our guest is Kevin Hall, who is the uh, Persian Gulf uh, Operation Rocky Freedom and U.S. Navy medic veteran. So thank you for your service also. And you with the Chicago Regional Office, Homeless Veterans and Justice Involved Outreach Coordinator. Thank you so much for joining us today, uh, Kevin. Any last words or how to contact you over there at the VA? Uh,
0: you know, um, I would just say... Um, I spoke with a lot of veterans who have said mm-hmm. that they, um, they've they had experiences with VA in the past and it hasn't gone so well. So I would just say this, you know, the, the VA of 25, 30 years ago is not the VA today. Right. So if, if if you want, you know, if, if you are in need of help, whether it be mental health, housing for homelessness or anything along those lines, VA benefits, please reach out to VA. They're there for you. They want to help. And you, as a veteran who served your country took the oath, stood the watch in uniform. You know, we, we pay a price uh, for that. You know, we take good things, but mm-hmm. we also pay a price through mental and physical wounds. Absolutely. And that's where, on behalf of the Grateful Nation, VA's got to step in to help. Thank you. So please reach out for assistance. We sure will.
1: Thank you. Thank you for joining us, uh, Kevin Hall. Appreciate you, what you're doing, and uh, keep up the good work. And we appreciate you being on the show today, and we'll ask you back. Uh, have a great uh, Veterans Day weekend, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Kevin.
0: Many, th- many uh, thanks to you and all the veterans you. out there. Thank Hi. you.
1: Kevin Hall, um, Chicago Regional Office Homeless Veterans and Justice Involved Outreach Coordinator. Folks, uh, this is America's Heroes Group, and we will be back shortly right here on WVON.